You are listening to Good Monkey, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Faith on 68. I am Pastor Bay, and it is awesome to be with you today. Um, We are the third week in on a series called Good Monkey. Good Monkey. And we are still collecting sock monkeys to take around to the hospitalized and those who are shut in. So if you have a sock monkey, you can continue bringing those. And to tell you the truth, if you have a teddy bear that could just, you know, bring some light, it doesn't have to be a monkey. That was just to go along with the series. Um, But like I said, this series isn't so much about monkeys. It's about us. And so you've often seen the, the picture of the monkeys. Be careful what you see, what you hear, what you say. And so we're kind of focusing on, as children of God, what we are to see, what we are to hear, what we are to say, um, and what God and the Bible says to us about those things. So we're going to jump right in today. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphone or iPad um, as we turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. Picking up in verse 11, uh, we read this. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm going to tell you a story. There once lived a young horse. And you've most likely referenced this wonderful creature once or twice in your lifetime, for this is no ordinary horse. This is a famous horse whose influence changed the way that we see the world. This horse, it it started in humble origins, but quickly grew to celebrity status. You see, this horse could speak. This horse could speak. And the farmer who originally owned this incredible animal, he would often talk to the horse whenever something was bothering him on the farm. And he found out this horse could not only speak, but all the wisdom of this horse. The wisdom this horse had. The farmer once had a hard time in his marriage. And he went to this horse and he confided in him and he told him everything he was going through. And he said, you know, perhaps, perhaps I should just leave her. You know, she'd probably be, she'd probably be better off without me. To which the horse responded, nay. The farmer took his advice, took steps necessary to repair his marriage, lived a full life and a very happy marriage. Now, a friend of the farmer was having a difficulty with the crops, okay? And so our farmer friend said to his farmer friend, hey, you should come talk to my horse. Never steered me wrong. So he invited his friend to come and have a conversation. Now the farmer's friend told the horse how his, his crops were, were failing. They were starting to wither. And he wondered if he should try this new experimental fertilizer that some of his other friends were using on their farms. And the horse said, Nay. Wouldn't you know that farmer's crops were one of only three farms in the region that actually made any money that year because that new fertilizer actually harmed the vegetables. No one wanted to purchase any crop that had used it. Now, a religious man came to hear of this horse and thought that he would test to see whether this animal came from God or the devil, right? So he asked the farmer to bring in the horse Sunday morning, right in the front of the sanctuary. So Sunday morning, everyone in the congregation would see once and for all that this was just an ordinary horse. There was nothing special. No more, no less. People started to think this horse was God. 
So Sunday came and the pastor gave a wonderful sermon on the Ten Commandments. And the pastor called for the horse to, to come forward to the front of the congregation. The pastor went up to the horse and he said, Today, horse, we're going to see what the Lord has to say about you. According to the Bible, tell me, horse, what do you think about people that have other gods before God? And the horse said, nay. The congregation went wild. And then, what do you say about children that do not honor their mothers and fathers? The horse again said, nay. The congregation, again, they roared. Someone in the back said, preach it. Murder, adultery, taking the Lord's name in vain. Nay, bellowed the horse. The preacher beamed. He turned to his congregation. Dearly beloved, today is the day. I invited this horse into the house of God to see if God could speak through a humble horse. I'm convinced that this horse speaks true. And that God is at work within this mighty beast of the field. So now that the horse has spoken true, if God speaks through this horse, I am sure that God can speak through you and me. And the horse said, nay. <laughs> Everyone got silent. Everyone got silent and they, they began to cry out to God for forgiveness. The horse said, nay. They repented. They gave their lives over for the service of God. And that day, every man, woman, and child in the place was saved through this prophet of the Lord, the horse. Afterward, on the walk home, the farmer was talking to his horse, you know, every step of the way. And the horse said, one of these days, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> then they won't know what to do with me. People from that region, if you ask them about their faith to this day, they'll say, we got it straight from the horse's mouth. That's where that saying comes from, so I'm told. Today's scripture instructs us, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, growing up, I often wondered about this word, this phrase, oracles of God. And in today's terms, we think of a person as an oracle, like a mystic-like person who speaks with wisdom beyond our world, a modern-day prophet who speaks for God in the world. And I've come to find out that the phrase, oracles of God, in Scripture, it rarely spoke of a person. It spoke of a place. It spoke of a place. That's why this verse packs such a punch, actually. In the Old Testament, the oracles of God, it was synonymous with the term holy of holies, which is that special place in the temple where God dwelled. That's where God was. The place in the temple, the holiest of holies, only the... Only the head prophet and priest could actually enter into it once or twice a year. And when they did, I'm told that they actually tied a rope around their waist so if they kicked the bucket before the presence of the Almighty God, the others could pull them out. That's how holy the oracles of God was. It was the presence of God. And in 1 Peter, we're told 
to speak that portion of the temple. When we open our mouths, we are to speak the very presence of God. To bring God into not only our conversations, but into our world. So you see, we're not to be channelers of spirit. We are not to summon God to come into us and flow out of us. We are not to be some supernatural conduit that allows God to possess our bodies and our mouths. We are to be transformed from the inside out. We are to speak oracles of God. The very word of God, the very presence of God. Now we can't do this. A horse can't do this. A monkey can't do this. God does this. And I hope that you believe that God is living within you. As a child of God, I hope and I pray that you realize God is living inside you. You may not believe this, but I hope that you do. Because as image bearers of the divine, we're told God breathed the breath of life into each of us. And in ancient Hebrew, the word for breath is the same word for spirit. God breathed spirit into us. And if the body is the temple of the Lord, as I've had some anti-tattoo Christians remind me, if the body is the temple, let the mouth be the holy of holies. Let our mouth be the oracles of God, a place where God dwells. We should be careful, little mouths, what we say. For God has the power of life, and God has the power of death. It comes down to reverence. We have a hard time with this word in today's culture. We say things that we definitely should not. We repeat things that definitely should have never been spoken to begin with. This is where God dwells. Right here. So be careful, little mouths, what you say. Now the mouth, I have to tell you, once upon a time, hasn't changed too much, but there was so much attention given to the mouth. So much attention. Today there are still a lot of concerns about what goes into the mouth. Is it gluten-free? Uh, because maybe you have this allergy or maybe you have that allergy. Maybe it's low carb, paleo, no added salt, uh, low fat. There's a lot of care as to what goes in to our mouths. The same was true in Jesus' time. Uh, and also there were a lot of religious requirements, things that every good uh, person of Jewish upbringing would never have eaten. There are some religions that still practice, you know, you cannot eat this. There were cleansing rituals as well. You would always wash your hands so as not to defile the good food that you were about to eat. You would wash your hands. Now some Pharisees actually called Jesus out on this very point in Matthew 15. I encourage you to read it when you go home. Write down Matthew 15. Great encounter with Jesus and the Pharisees. I'm going to share some of it with you. Um, The tail end of it is this. Anything that you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer, Jesus says. But the words that you speak, they come from where? They come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands. 
will never defile you. So Jesus says, you know, this is just food. It becomes waste and it goes in our toilets. It's food. What Jesus is not saying is that eating with dirty hands is the way to go. Jesus isn't doing that. Lauren's like, yay. <laughs> Jesus is not saying that. Jesus is not trying to institute a new way of eating for all Christians. He didn't follow this up with this for me in my house. We will not wash our hands when we eat. That is not what Jesus said. Jesus wasn't trying to initiate a new rule for his followers to follow. On the contrary, Jesus was calling out the Pharisees for their worrying more about a rule, about what goes into their mouths instead of what comes out of the mouths. Because that's what really matters. Jesus pointed out in society, the mouths are much dirtier than the hands that feed the mouth. The dirt comes from within, not without. So there needs to be a transformation that takes place within. God already created the food. God blessed the animals at creation before God ever blessed mankind. Okay? Jesus points out it's not the food that makes us dirty. It's what's already within in our hearts. That's where the transformation needs to take place. So again, look at Matthew chapter 15. Um, and I'm just going to read this because this is, this is so beautiful. It's such a great encounter. I will read it to you. I was thinking about whether or not I think I have time. Jesus replied, why do you by your traditions violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is right for people to say to their parents, oh, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. He wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. They teach man-made ideas as being commands of God. You see, God wants honest worship. And if the body is the temple of the Lord, let our mouths be the dwelling place of the Almighty. If the body is the temple of the Lord, we are always in a house of worship. Amen? Wherever we go, we are always in a house of worship. That's why we are the church, not this building. God dwells within us. It's why we have songs that call like Spirit of the Living God fall fresh upon. You know, we have this fall of fresh song that we sing here quite a bit. We didn't do it today. But we say, God, fall fresh upon this place, upon these people. Because when all is said and done, this place and this building, even this sanctuary, it's, it's sacred and holy ground for one reason. Because the people of God, with God dwelling within them, gather here. So God is here. That's why it is sacred. That is why it is holy. God is here. So let us not speak with just our hearts. Unless, unless God has transformed our hearts to mirror the heart of God. Let us be as oracles of God. Let the word of God fill this place, fill this place, the building, because the spirit of God has filled this place, our hearts. 
That's what Scripture is telling us today. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. This is what our Scripture is telling us today. May God speak when you speak. When you speak. And when you speak, may God speak. Let God speak. May God serve when you serve. And when you serve. And when you serve. Let it not just be idle work of idle hands, but let God be at work. Otherwise, it's just a form of idolatry. Let God be at work. What does God sound like to the world? How do the children of God speak? I ask this because whether we speak accurately or not, the way that we speak is the way that the world hears God. So I pray God speaks through us, not just on Sunday mornings, but when we're having conversations with everyone we meet outside of these doors. The horse and our story. So many hear God's commands as just, don't do this. Nay, nay, nay. What would the world do if we started saying yes? If they heard God say yes, for a change. What if when the world said, does God love me when? Dot, dot, dot. Yes. Does God still want me? Yes. Uh, but I have so much doubt. Does God, I mean, I still, yes. What if without skipping a beat, we said yes to inviting all people into this place, this building, no matter what they look like, no matter what baggage they carry? Perhaps you're already doing this. And that's awesome. But I passed a lot of people in public this week that I didn't invite to church. Did you? I'm guilty of this. I could invite better. I have invited better. And we spend a lot of time talking. So how often do we hear God speak when we open our mouths? Maybe we're like Moses. We worry about stuttering or saying the right thing or the wrong thing. I wonder if the Apostle Paul heard God when he spoke. I wonder if Moses heard God speaking when he opened his mouth before Pharaoh. Esther, when she spoke to save her people. What if God planned it that we hear God from others, not just when we speak? So everywhere we go, we have the opportunity to hear God speak in a new way, even from the least of these, God says. So God speaks from the gutter to the penthouse. God is speaking. I just pray you're doing your part. I pray I'm doing my part. You don't have to be a professional. Sometimes it's like the farmer with a horse. You just have an intimate conversation on a, within a personal relationship. But you are doing more than speaking because God, in the course of that, is giving someone an answer that you don't even know. I've experienced this. I know this. I pray you become aware of God's presence 
and your voice in the world. Because I'm closing up. You never know how God's going to speak through you. You have no idea. So read your Bible. Learn some verses. But don't do it because they say you're supposed to. Or because you remember your Sunday school teacher saying, now Johnny, remember this verse and you get a lollipop. Do it for the right reasons. Do it so that the word of God may dwell within you so that when you speak, God is there. You know it. And the world can't deny it. God can speak to a horse. God can speak through you. Speaking truth into difficult situations. Speaking life into death. Speaking light into darkness. Be careful, little mouths, what you say. Because God uses that mouth too. God uses that mouth. This is holy ground. Approach with reverence. Would you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for the way that you are transforming us from the inside out. Seems like a thousand times we failed. Still, your mercy remains. You just keep changing us day by day. And I pray, Father, that this mouth will be a dwelling place for you, a place where you reside, a place where you flow your mercies into this world through speech, through conversation, through that which we say, through that which we omit saying. <laughs> Let us speak as oracles of God. Continue to work mightily in us so that we may continue to work mightily in this community which you have given us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.